Good morning. Everybody ready for snow this week? <laughs> Seems like that's kind of a mixed response there. <laughs> some are all for it and some are like, oh, please, anything but that. Um, six inches, okay. A foot. Yeah, well. Kenzie's voting for a foot, okay. You don't get out of school anyway, so what? <laughs> that's the that's a bad thing about online now. I mean, even if they call off school, you still have to go. Yeah, but could they not switch? <laughs> All right. Well, as we prepare to to pray over the offering this week, I want to ask those of you who are here and those who are uh, uh, with us online uh, just a question. And the question is, have you ever wondered why God blessed you in the first place? I mean, think about it. The country and the city in which you live, the type of job that you have, your background, your education, the amount of money that you have in your bank account, however large or small that may be, your family, this church, why did God bless you like he did? There is a lot of, probably a lot of answers to that question. There's a lot of reasons, but I think among them would be that he loves you and he wants to receive glory that comes out of your life. But I'd like to share another idea with you. Could it be that God blessed you so that you could be a blessing to others? See, Paul wrote a letter to a group of people who were in severe poverty uh, in the church at Corinth. And he said this, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So whatever amount they had, they were blessed to be a blessing to others and to God. And see, that's at the heart of what giving is all about. It's an opportunity to take what you've been blessed with and then use it to bless others and ultimately bring glory to God. Now, we have a number of ways that you can give here in, uh, in our church. If you'll notice that in front of you on most of the chairs, some are uh, without, but there's a, a little sticker on the back of the chair, and it outlines the various ways that you can give. I mean, we have little boxes at the back of the church where you can go online through our app or on our website and, and choose to give that way. I think that, you know, sometimes I think we overcomplicate things. Could the reasons that I've just outlined really be that simple, that it's really just about blessing others and praising God? Well, I think it could be. So as we prepare to offer our gifts to God this week, let's pray this together. Let's pray that uh, what we give today will change someone's life. Let's pray that it gives one or more people hope. Let's pray that it, it meets a basic need of food or clothing or shelter in someone's life. Let's pray that the resources that we offer make our community better. 
let's pray that God takes these resources and uses them in some way to spread the gospel around the world. But most of all, let's pray that this is a time of obedience and sacrificial giving that brings God glory. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can always trust in you, that you are an abundant God, and out of your great love and mercy, you have given us so much. As an act of our heartfelt gratitude, we give you our tithes and our offerings. With them, we worship you and acknowledge your blessings upon us. Please now take them and use them for your kingdom and your glory. Extend and multiply their reach and their influence. May they be a great blessing to many. We ask all of this now in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. We are going to have a, a time of communion now, and so uh, you should be able to find in the chairs uh, in front of you uh, a, a little uh, container that has uh, a wafer in the very top and then some uh, juice underneath that. So I'm going to go ahead and um, bless and consecrate the elements that we will use, and then we're going to all take communion together uh, at the same time. So let's begin. On the night on which Jesus was to be betrayed, he took bread, ordinary bread from the table. And he asked his Father in heaven to bless it. And then he took that bread and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples that were seated around the table with him. And he said, take this, all of you, and eat, for this is my body given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And then later on in the meal, not right away, but a little bit later, he took a cup, a cup filled with ordinary table wine. And this too he asked his Father in heaven to bless. And then this he, in turn, gave to those same disciples, and he said, Take this, all of you, and drink, for this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, blood that was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you eat of this bread or drink of this cup, do so and remember me. Father, we now thank you for this sacrament of communion that it allows us an opportunity to remember each week the sacrifice that was made for us on our behalf, where Jesus took the sins of the world, our sin, all of our sin, all of everyone's sin, took it all upon himself and did away with it forever. So we give you praise, Lord. I ask you now to consecrate this very, very simple meal in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The body of Jesus 
to it for you. And the blood of Jesus shed for you. Father, may this meal nourish us spiritually and help us to keep in the forefront of our mind that because of the sacrifice that you made on our behalf, we are in turn called to sacrifice for others. Let that be something that we take with us into this week uh, ahead of us and give us opportunities to do small things in, in sacrificial ways for those that we live with, that we work with, and that we may have chance encounters with. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Andre, would you come? I'm going to pray over Andre before he gives our message today. So, Father, I thank you for my brother. I just ask your magnificent blessing upon him that you would anoint him to bring this word to us we know that you have placed it on his heart and that you have guided him in how he is to share it so I just give you thanks and praise for him and for his willingness to be open and honest and forthright in all that he will say today. Bless him and his family as a result of his sharing this message today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Excellent. Well, over the past three weeks, our messages have been on I love my church because. So let's recap. Week one, the focus was it's a place of prayer. Week two, it is a place of his presence. And week three, it is a place of miracles. Hallelujah. This morning, I love my church because it offers a place for the broken. During one of our weekly staff meetings, Jeff asked, what topic do we want to preach on? I immediately knew this was my topic. Ideas started to be put on my heart that very night. Offering a place for the broken is important to me. This is the one thing that everyone has experience in. So let's get right into the message and maybe something I will say will resonate with you and also may align with some of your experiences. So, what does broken mean? Let's ask the all-knowing internet. First, having been fractured, damaged, and no longer in one piece or in working order. Second, having given up all hope, despairing. Basically, it's a country song. <laughs> you can also say no longer useful, beyond repair, holds no value, needs to be replaced. When something is broken, we look to replace it with something new. 
such as a new phone, a new car, a house, TV, and yes, socks. For me, there is nothing like the feeling of new socks. Do, can we agree on that? There, there is nothing like you opening that package up and sliding on those unused socks and they just conform to your foot. It's just amazing to me. But. <laughs> Sorry. Um, a new car is only new until you drive it off the lot. A phone is only new until it gets dropped and the screen is cracked. A house is only new until it starts showing its wear and tear. Can I get an amen from Sally and Jeff? <laughs> a TV is only new until you adjust it just a little bit more on the wall and you realize your anchors were horrible and it comes crashing down. Socks, again, my favorite thing to get, are only new until they are worn. Let me propose a question that will require a yes or no answer from you. Do we believe the Bible to be inspired word of God and therefore true and without error in the original manuscript? Excellent. Great, so we can move on to a couple of verses. We're going to go into 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'll give you a moment to turn pages or push buttons because I do not have slides for you. So again, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm going to read it out of the NLT. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now turn to Colossians 3, 9 through 10. I'm going to be reading this out of the Message Bible. Can I just say that the Message Bible is like an interpretation that just can speak to you? Um, I use it to, like, when I'm reading out of the NIV or the King James, and I'm like, what in the world are they saying? And then I turn to the message, it's like, ah, thanks God for speaking to me through the Message Bible. So, uh, so again, Colossians 9 uh, through 10 out of chapter 3. Don't lie to one another. You're done with the old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitted clothes you've stripped off and put into the fire. 10, now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with His label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. So we read those and we ask this question, so why is it that if Scriptures tells us that we have been made new, we still have brokenness or emotional wounds in our life? When we accepted Jesus and chose to follow him, you do, as I mentioned before, become a new person, at least in God's eyes. From that point on, God sees you through Jesus' eyes. We become perfect in a spiritual sense, but what does not, excuse me, but that does not mean we immediately become perfect in an emotional sense. It is up to you and I, as it says in the Colossians verses, to take off the old clothing yourself and put on the new clothing, again, referring to self, 
And we do this as we walk out our faith in learning to surrender those broken, damaged parts of our lives to Jesus. If something is new, it typically does not have anything broken about it. For example, if we bought a new car and the motor was blown, we would demand it to be replaced before it was driven off the lot. But when we noticed a defect in us, we don't demand it to be fixed with the authority given to us. But we will often say, God can't use us. This thought or mindset goes against what we will read in Psalms 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So we as Christians cannot have a mindset that we are broken because we have had our wounds attended to. So let's make Psalms 147.3 a personal. Verse 4 is, I am healed and my wounds are attended to. I am not broken. We know that words have power. This power can be used for good or evil. As we read in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. When we say that we are broken, we are saying that we are stronger than Jesus and what he did on the cross can be undone. I will agree that we do have wounds that sometimes reopen, but it is how we respond that makes the difference. We can respond with a prayer like, Lord, I call upon you to bind this wound again and remove whatever it is that is reopening it. These wounds have been attended to are reminders of how God pulled us through a situation. Those wounds are not our identity, but examples of God's power and love for us. As we read in Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength. I would imagine at this point you were wondering if I remembered what topic I was to preach on today. So, what broken people are we referring to? Well, remember the definition from the internet uh, about brokenness, uh, let's now make that definition personal. Our church offers a place for the fractured, damaged, no longer in one piece, no longer in working order, given up all hope, and desperate. To some degree, we all could have fit into this definition at one point in our life. But our decision to follow Christ removed our name from this definition and placed it into the book of life. As we all were broken before we accepted the call to follow Christ. I would like to share some of my personal stories of when brokenness could have consumed me, but didn't because Christ turned them into wounds that became scars. These stories can be stories of anyone coming through those doors, looking to have their brokenness turned into wounds that Christ will start mending. Some of these stories I'm going to share with you, I just shared with my family about a week ago. So, sometimes it takes a long time to hear someone's story. Sometimes it will be a long time before you let somebody in. So I would like for you all not to feel honored, but 
consider it a blessing that I look upon you guys as family and that I'm willing to show you signs in which my life was being broken apart. My biological father, Eddie, left my family for good around age five. He abandoned us, and for that, he became the bad guy. My family made it known that Eddie was a terrible person, and every time I would do something wrong, I would hear, you're just like your father. Hearing this as a kid gave me this desire to distance myself from him. Doing so kept me from a lot of things in life. Eddie loved to sing and play the guitar. So when I picked up the guitar as a kid, I would hear, you are just like your father. So I didn't pursue it. Even into my pre-teens and teens, I wouldn't sing in school, resulting in bad grades for non-participation in productions. I needed all the help I could get when it came to grades, so this was not helpful. When I started attending church with Cindy around age 14, I wouldn't sing in church either. This resulted in not knowing and understanding worship. Eddie drove a truck for a living, and when I thought about getting a job driving truck, I still heard, you're just like your father. So why am I telling you this story of brokenness that some would refer to as words spoken over me. These were parts of my life where I was broken because words had been spoken over me, and I continued to embrace them. But God put me on a road to where my brokenness would become wounds and healing would take place. About 18 years ago, I sang for the first time in public. I decided I would give it a try with 15,000 other men at a Promise Keepers event. We sang, It is well with my soul, a cappella. I broke down and cried. I was experiencing worship for the first time, and I was surrounded by men ready to see me through a healing in my life. I can tell you there is nothing like being in the... Uh, the arena, the carrier dome in um, Syracuse and just hearing that sound echoing with 15,000 men saying it is well with my soul. And I just experienced it for the first time. 27 years ago, I got my commercial driver's license so that I could provide for Cindy and I. Even though I haven't driven commercially in over 25 years, I kept my license. Most of you know I play the bass here, which I started a little bit over three years ago. I want to thank John and Sujin for taking the time to teach me, but also I owe them an apology for taking the time to teach me how to, to play the bass. Two very patient men. Um, thankfully, we probably... It's probably a good idea that we don't have alcohol here because they probably would have been dipping into it at some point. Uh, can't you just get one, two, three, four? It's like, no. <laughs> so, As a child and an adult, my hatred for Eddie didn't change to wanting to forgive him until it was too late. I reached out to Eddie in 2017 on Father's Day, but the person answering the phone 
Now keep in mind, uh, my background allows for me to know how to look information up. So getting to 2017 on Father's Day was probably about a month worth of researching and uh, pinging. And so I knew I was dialing the right phone. With that being said, a female answered the phone and said he no longer lived there. So I had to accept that. Eddie died May of 2019, and because I didn't speak to him in over 30 years, I don't know where he is spending eternity. Now his Facebook says that he referenced to God, he would put up scriptures and say he'd be praying for people, so I can only assume that he may be spending eternity in heaven, and that one day I may see him. I was able to allow God to heal me, and I was ready to forgive because Pastor Joe from our old church in New York, so something good does come from New York, asked me a question over 12 years ago. Why are you giving so much power to someone you don't even care about? That boldness put me on a path to turn my brokenness into healed scars. Yes, it was a long journey. 12 years ago was a long time. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. However, Eddie leaving us was the best thing to happen to me. If he did not leave, I would not have been blessed with a man that was willing to marry my mom who had already had a family. Ray is who I call dad. We will have people that will enter those doors that will have had words spoken over them that they have believed and the enemy has convinced them that they have no hope, that they are desperate, that they are stuck. We have to be ready to receive this type of brokenness. I love my church because it is a place that broken people can come to be healed by a relationship with Jesus, just like me. My second story is from my ages of 8 to 13. I came in contact with two men that my family trusted with my safety. One was part of an all-boys club, and the other was the owner of a modeling agency that I was a child model for probably wondering what happened with, with that. Uh, well, that was a short-lived journey. Um, those two individuals broke the trust. I will not go into details of this story as my story will be just one of 700,000 on an average a year that are reported. 700,000 reported. So why did I choose to tell you about this broken part of my childhood? This brokenness, this broken part of my life became a scar that God uses today. I have a passion towards the safety of children. As I stand here before you, as a pastor, your pastor, and with Cindy by my side, and God in front of us, your child is our number one priority. Telling you this story will explain some of those reasons why I focus so much on children's safety. Why I don't sit still 
why I pace back and forth, because God is using me. God is using this scar. This scar became or becomes noticeable to me when I smell musty old hymnals and Bibles or just that musty smell. Someone would refer to those as triggers. Because the one incident happened in a converted church in a room that old hymnals and Bibles were stacked on the floor. I let these scars be reminders to me to be vigilant in making sure that the kids are safe. And also, it reminds me that God was with me the whole time, even though I didn't know him. I carry no shame. I am blessed. But I know that we will have people that will walk through those doors that will carry shame. And we need to be willing to have conversations that will be difficult, very difficult. As believers seeking the kingdom for others, no topic, no topic can be off the table for someone to talk about because you're uncomfortable. People that have been through this can carry their own judgment so they don't need it from the church. Shame on you, shame on me, if our arms are not held wide open for these people, like we would hold them wide open for someone that is grieving, for someone that is feeling abandoned. Shame on us. I love my church because it is a place that the broken people can come to be healed in a relationship with Jesus, just like me. My last story I'm going to share with you will be from my ages of 12 to 17 years of age. During this time, I was doing stuff that wasn't good for me. At times, I drove to school under the influence. I learned how to add water to my friend's mom's vodka bottles so I wouldn't get found out. I had a fake ID at age 13, and I purchased beer for my friends and myself on a regular basis. There is one event that sticks in my memory the most. We were driving around getting high and drinking well into the early morning. A friend of my brother's named JJ was driving because he could drink and smoke weed and still drive very well. Yeah, gullible. Um, I was the youngest of the group, but I was accepted because of my older brother. I was sitting behind JJ and I was pounding on the headrest and it was distracting to him. Not that that was the only thing that was distracting him. I didn't listen to the calls to stop doing that, probably because I was high. He pulled over the car and yanked me out of the car. He threw me on the ground and got on top of me. He had me by the jacket, pounding me against the pavement, causing my head to bounce off from the road. I can remember it clearly, thinking my brother was going to come and help. JJ got off me and got back into the car and drove away. As they drove away, I was lying on the road thinking about something our grandmother said to my brother and I when my mom was getting a divorce. 
You two boys are all you have. So you two need to stick together and take care of each other. But I kept looking down the road as the taillights disappeared. And I remembered what my grandmother said and I started to cry. I felt like my brother left me. As I laid there, I noticed headlights coming, but I couldn't move. Fortunately for me, it was JJ. My brother got out of the car, helped me off the ground, as all big brothers do, tell you to stop crying and wipe the tears from your face and get back in the car and sober up. I give you this story to you because the road that I laid on is like our Route 1 here. God intervened even though I didn't know him. As I was breaking myself apart during this, these years, God was picking up the pieces so that at that time when I said, please be the potter in my life, put me back together, he was ready. Now, yes, I did name JJ. Um, and I found out that JJ is now a believer and has been for years. So I don't feel bad about calling him out as we would probably joke about this now um, if we ever talked about it or if he watches online. We need to be ready to welcome those entering those doors that have addiction problems. Some of you probably never thought of a kid getting addicted to drugs or alcohol before they became a teenager. Brokenness in addiction takes on many forms. It can be drugs and alcohol, Work, smoking, gambling, lying, the love of money, the destruction of money, just to name a few. This brokenness is real. I love my church because it is a place that the broken can come and be healed by a relationship with Jesus, just like me. The Japanese have an art of repairing broken pottery called kintsuji, translated to golden joinery. They mend the breakage with a lacquer mixed with gold and silver and platinum. The philosophy behind this is to treat the breakage and repair as a part of the history of the object rather than something to be discarded, highlighting the cracks and the, and the repairs as simply an event in the life of an object, rather than allowing its service to end at the time of it being broken. The Japanese use valuable gold, silver, or platinum to fix brokenness. Jesus used his blood. We as a church need to be focused and in tune with the Holy Spirit, ready to give the medicine of Jesus Christ, ready to provide the welcoming spirit to the brokenhearted, ready to be listeners and to be encouragers. My brokenness was only known to one person before Christ, before following Christ. He always knew. Um, that was Cindy. Cindy was Jesus to me, and that allowed me to let my guard down and be open to the hope in Christ.
You are not responsible for fixing the broken. You are responsible for loving the broken and showing Christ to the broken. Too often the church does more damage to the unbeliever than the world does. Harmony cannot be that church and that hinges on us. Are you ready to be the part of offering a place for the brokenhearted? How I chose to end this is obviously going to be in prayer. But how do you choose to end today's message? And how do you choose to begin your journey? Because as we read, it, 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 our journey is up to us and what steps we are willing to take. Um, we do have a responsibility as, as we laid it out here that we need to be ready to receive. So I would like to take this time to pray for those needing prayer for laying their brokenness down and accepting that they are made new by Jesus. But also, I would like for the ministry team as well, because um, they want to pray for you for anything in your life that you need to lay down that you have used when you say, I am so broken. Because those words need to be broken off. Now, sometimes we're shy to ask for something like this. Well, you can actually be praying for somebody else who is experiencing brokenness. So when you choose to stand, when you choose to raise your hand, when you choose to come forward or raise your hand for someone to come pray for you, don't think that people are thinking that you're just a, a, a train wreck that needs to be you know, put back on the track. You could be raising your hand because you want to intercede for someone that is experiencing brokenness in their life. So take your feelings and out of this and put your heart into it. Now you may not realize that you have some things that need to be resolved and that's okay. As I shared that someone, you know, 12 years ago told me to, you know, stop giving so much emphasis on my real father but it was four years ago that I moved in that direction. So sometimes God's going to hit you later in life. So, so again, I'd like to, I, I would like everyone to participate so that um, no one feels awkward, but I would like for you to stand. I'd like for you to put your hands out in a receiving posture. And if you want someone to pray for you, we have several people here willing to do that. I would like for you to raise your hand. Um, yes, thank you. Um, and just be ready. And if you don't need prayer and you see hands go up or you see people come forward, pray for them. They need your help. Again, you don't need to know the details. God's already got it. So um, I'll start. And again, if you have prayer needs, come on up here. Chip is here. I'm here. Uh, John and Jeff uh, and Cindy, they're ready to pray for you if you want to be in your seat while this happens. So Heavenly Father, we come to you as wanting to be healed. We want our wounds to be turned into scars. We want our brokenness to start being healed into wounds that can be scars. We want our scars to be used for your good. 
you do not give us anything that we cannot handle. You don't give us anything that we can't use. So, uh, Lord, we just pray for courage. If you're at this point and you're ready to start receiving prayer, I would like for you to either come forward or raise your hand. Um, Be okay, you're amongst family. I shared personal things with my family. So we just ask now, Lord, just take us in this time. I thank you. Yes, Father. We're ready to give up this brokenness. We're ready to be made new. If you're, if you're uh, watching online, again, just type it in. Just pray for me for my brokenness. Pray for me for my scars and my wounds. Pray for healing. spend our time in ministry um, if uh, it, it is that time that if you need to move on and, and go about your Sunday we understand that if you want to stay here and just soak in his presence if you want to spend time just being with fellow believers and just take that time but at, at this point you are released if you, if you need to do so thank you